The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Well, we want to welcome uh, you back to uh, a follow-up interview with Robert Perry. For those who haven't listened to last week's show with Robert, I'd suggest you go to our past shows button and start there. Robert is the lead editor of the new complete and annotated edition of A Course in Miracles, and Robert is one of the course's teachers. He is the founder of the Circle of Atonement, has authored or co-authored over 20 books and booklets on the course, as well as hundreds of articles, including an article he co-authored about near-death experiences and A Course in Miracles for Ion's Journal of Near-Death Studies, summer of 2014. Robert Perry has also lectured throughout the U.S. and internationally. Robert, welcome back to NDE Radio. Thank you for having me. Where we left off last time, we were talking about um, the more material aspects of the lower heavens versus uh, the highest aspect being a formless, uh, I guess, truly spiritual space. What? Uh, how many does the course envision? A certain number of heavens? Do they say how many heavens there are? You know, the course doesn't focus on that. Uh, it does in one of its supplements. Uh, there's a there's a little supplement to it called the Song of Prayer, and it talks about the afterlife briefly and talks about it in very NDE like terms actually. But beyond that brief mention, there's nothing said. It's just, you know, there's this this earth, which the Course talks about as a dream, and then there's heaven, which one would normally think of as kind of the highest heaven. From the Course's standpoint, that's heaven, period. Mm-hmm. Everything else below that or, 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 you know, everything else that has some hint of form, however subtle, is some kind of dream. Okay. I had a, a guest on one of my shows who talked about he was uh, 21 years old, he died, and went uh, into the light. And as he was going into the light, he said he suddenly had a moment's doubt. He said it was wonderful, it was loving, and it was, but he felt like he was losing himself in it. And, uh, and because when he had that instant of doubt, he was suddenly <laughs> out of the light and into a waiting room ready to be reborn in, or born back into his body. Hmm. You you did an interview, uh, a YouTube interview, really good interview. I'd recommend it with uh, Corinne Zupko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she mentioned, in fact, her, most of her show concentrated on annihilation anxiety, the notion that we would, in merging with God, lose our sense of self, basically lose our ego, which, to my way of thinking, it would be a good thing <laughs> because I think it's our <laughs> ego that's always getting us in trouble. And and to merge with pure love, I mean, I can't think of anything better. I, I mean, I there's nothing I value so much in my own ego that I would care to keep it and not merge with the light. But anyway, the Course, um, I think, teaches that um, we feel more alive without our egos anyway. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but And isn't it the ego's fear of loss? Isn't it the ego itself that fears that loss of itself that makes us and and Corinne so anxious. How does your course deal with that? 
Yeah, well, I think it's the course ultimately takes, a, I think, a fairly subtle, sophisticated position on this where, where yes, our ego is the source of, in its teachings, all of our suffering. I mean, we're, we're, we're so anxious, we feel afraid, we feel guilty, we feel angry. All of those things have to do with what we perceive as happening to our ego. Um, from the Course's standpoint, the ego is not what we really are. It's just a belief, a belief that we're a separate being. And that belief is this, ultimately the source of our experience of being a separate human with a separate mind, with, with a body. Um, and so... The whole point of the course is to get towards closer and closer to the shedding of the ego. However, at the same time, the course teaches that each one of us was individually created by God. We were created at one with God and at one with all that is, including everybody else. Um, and yet there's some sense that even in the ultimate state of heaven, we will be ourselves even while we're one with everybody and even while we have no trace of, of ego. And so the course kind of comes down on both sides of that fence. And one of the things I find fascinating is even though, yes, I, I've also read and, and watched the occasional NDE where somebody says I felt like I was losing everything about me or, you know, you know, who I was. Mostly what I've read is people saying I was still myself even though and then they describe them being in a condition that is radically different in which they may be one with God or they may be incredibly expanded um, without boundary and yet they say I was still myself and I feel like that's essentially what A Course in Miracles is, is saying too that even once we lose the ego and the boundaries and are one with everything, will still, in some sense, be ourselves. I wonder if that's God's intention or light's intention. You know, when you see a drop of water and you say it falls into the ocean, you imagine that it completely dissolves its 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 own essence into the into the sea. And mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to imagine that you could be uh, an individual drop once you've entered the ocean but uh, i suppose it's you know there that that might be one of the miracles that we're talking about here but i think it's a bit of a paradox it's it's not it's something that these minds can really grasp yeah now in our list of the in the short summary i skipped over the separation because i thought this was this was part of it as well um when we think theologically of s- separating you know, the separation that took place in heaven, for instance. You know, you often come to the, the Lucifer story where his ego drove him to separate from God. Mm-hmm. And one of the parishioners in my, in my church, um, has the firm belief that we are, we are the fallen angels. We are the ones that separated and we're trying to earn our way back into, into, um, heaven again. But, um, in any event, would separation, I mean, separation and ego seem to be inextricably tied together. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, the Course, it, it does believe, first of all, in angels, but sees them as a sort of a different order of creation than us. Mm-hmm. That's and traditional. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. So so it it does briefly talk about Lucifer and says Lucifer is the symbol for humanity um, in that he was divine um, and in some sense fell. But also in it, it says that um, that angels cannot really fall. They remain angelic. They remain ultimately divine. And that's true of us, too. So it seemed like we fell. Um, and in this world, we, we seem to be quite fallen and ego bound and egocentric. But ultimately, that's the illusion. We still remain, you know, divine, angelic, if you will. So the separation from the course's standpoint was something that, you know, where we chose to, to turn away from God, to separate from God. And it gave birth to the entire physical universe as well as any other non-physical realms. Um, but from the course's standpoint, it still didn't really happen because it's just a dream and we're having that dream while asleep in God. We're still in God. Mm. Do you ever reference the Matrix movies in your uh, course? Occasionally. I mean, it's hard to watch (laughs) the Matrix and not think of this teaching. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Tell us uh, a little about the Holy Spirit. What is the, how does the Course think of the Holy Spirit? Interesting question. Uh, the Holy Spirit in the Course is an extension of God into this dream and into these dreaming minds, um, so as to guide us back. Uh, from the Course's standpoint, if our minds were without that kind of help, we would just reinforce the separated state forever. Um, and so God had to, in a sense, reach into the dream in a form that could deal with time and space and specifics and guide each one of us extremely individually um, and and constantly respond to our free will choices so that we're always surrounded by the perfect classroom in our lives for the sake of our homecoming Uh so the Holy Spirit's not exactly God. The Course calls him God's voice, calling him both both the voice for God and the voice of God. There's some sense in which they're continuous, but the Course talks as if God as God is too infinite to deal directly with form. He had to create an extension of himself to deal with this situation. Hmm. So is is that a part of the illusion? The, the, if if separate existence is an illusion, then the voice that we experience flowing down, you know, like rain from heaven, is that is that an illusion as well? If we're part of an undifferentiated uh, oneness in reality, it's an interesting question. And and course in miracle students do ask that question. Mm. Uh, the answer would be no. From the Course's standpoint, everything God creates, like us and like the Holy Spirit, is eternal. Um, and so the Holy Spirit is absolutely real, dealing with an unreal separation situation, just like we are absolutely real and holy, experiencing ourselves in an unreal separation situation. Mm. One of the things that NDEers talk about is um, a life review which is a form of judgment. It's a judgment we may be imposing on ourselves for things that we did wrong, for 
for harm we did to other people that we then, then feel the consequences of just standing there, understanding it at last. Mm-hmm. Um, does uh, does the course talk about any form of judgment along these lines? Actually, it it does. Uh, almost with anything you can find in NDEs or in the course, there is a parallel on the other one with the other one. Mm-hmm. And and the life review is one of those because the course doesn't talk about a life review at the end of this lifetime, but it has its own concept of the last judgment, you know, that familiar teaching from Western religion. Yes. And it talks about that in a very different way than the traditional way, so that it's not – it takes place at the end of our entire journey, which it sees as lasting eons. And that at the end of that journey, we go into some kind of review of everything we've thought and done throughout all of time. Um, God doesn't judge us, and Jesus doesn't judge us. We judge our own thoughts and actions, and we decide which ones were valuable and constructive and which ones were not. And we hold on to the ones that were light-filled, and we let go of the ones that weren't. And this is some kind of final educational process so that we can return to eternity, um, leave separated existence with a mind that has been absolutely purified. So it's kind of the, the course's idea of the last judgment is kind of like a, a kind of mega life review, a, a life review at the end of, of all lives, you could say. Um, for a very similar purpose. I mean, the life review in NDEs is educational. You learn what was valuable and what wasn't. Mm. And the last judgment in the course is very similar, like it's a bigger version of the, the same thing. So if somebody has uh, failed over and over again in in their lives, and that, that's the question I want to ask you about <laughs> reincarnation, uh-huh. yeah. um, the, uh, the final judgment, which I guess in the Bible would be separating the sheep from the goats, the white right. throne judgment is um, uh, it doesn't involve any punishment. There's no casting into eternal darkness or the flames of hell or anything like that. It's just right. a purification. Right, and it's not God doing the judging. We're just evaluating, just like in 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 life reviews. Right. Um, and so, what the sheep and the goats are really not souls, but our own past thoughts and deeds. We're looking at which ones were valuable and which ones weren't. Ah, right. When did we? Uh, when did we not feed you? When did we not clothe you? Yeah. When you when you didn't feed and clothe the least of of my people. Yeah, I love the punchline of that parable, but but the idea of you know separating. The, the souls who will go into the eternal fire from the ones who will go into into heaven. I doubt that that came from Jesus. Mm. Well, that notion of, I, I mean, it, it's interesting that it's our free will that caused us to separate in the first place, and then the the huge fear that we're taught is that we're going to be separated from God at the end. 
Right. And I think it's, that it's that ironic, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. I think that traditional concept of the last judgment is a projection of, of some very deep fears in us. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, what about reincarnation? Does the Course say that we are re- reincarnated and do we spend time in between lives uh, learning on the spiritual realm? You know, that question is much like the afterlife issue. The Course it, there are occasional references like to the afterlife or to reincarnation. Um, you know, the, the author of the course did mention Helen Shuckman's uh, past lives at times. Mm. At the same time, the course itself basically says that's not really part of this thought system because we're completely focused on the choice you need to make right now. And so, yes, there's an acknowledgement around the edges of reincarnation while there is at the same time a focus on the present moment and and even a, a caution that the idea of reincarnation can be used to kind of bog us down in the past or maybe even feed our egos. Mm. Uh, probably wouldn't uh, be complete if we didn't discuss the nature of and the importance of forgiveness. What does the Course teach about that? Well, as I mentioned uh, in the last episode, forgiveness is the central teaching in the Course. Uh, And here again, I mean, I'm just endlessly fascinated. I mean, I I read NDEs regularly um, and and watch videos that pop up on YouTube and such. Uh, I'm fascinated by the parallels because there's such a focus on forgiveness and love in NDEs, particularly in, in the Life Review, of course. Uh, the course takes forgiveness and it, it quite significantly redefines it. Um, because normally forgiveness assumes that the other person has in some sense sinned, um, they deserve our anger and they deserve some kind of retribution, but we will generously forego that and, and forgive them. And from the course's standpoint, none of that is actually true that they didn't really sin. They didn't really do anything that that justifies anger because they did it in a dream. And yes, maybe it was done intentionally to hurt, but they don't, in their true nature, they don't really want to hurt and they just suffer for wanting to hurt. And so from the Course's standpoint, we forgive on the basis that if we could see truly, we would see there's nothing to forgive. And I feel like I see a lot of that in life reviews and NDEs where we're meant to love and forgive not just because we're being good and people don't deserve it, but because we recognize that there is something divine in other people. And no matter what they do, they still deserve our love. They still have that divine value and therefore they deserve our love and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But perhaps the only way we can communicate our respect for them and their divine nature is to actually go out and forgive them for exactly that's the that's the that's the flow of the holy spirit <laughs> away from from you know from me to you and in uh in in making things work on earth exactly that's how the course sees it from its standpoint even though forgiveness is an illusion it's the illusion that gets us out of all illusions and so they need our forgiveness, and we need to offer it. 
Wow. Um, there's certainly not much of it going around these days. Uh, yeah, we could use that to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is the, the last one on your list is Salvation of the World. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, of course, the miracles, it, it's I, even though it's focused on what we can do for our own salvation, it's always focused on the salvation of everyone. And it believes that we find our own salvation through serving the world's salvation. And so from its standpoint, everyone has been given what it calls a special function. And that special function is just some form of giving love and forgiveness to others and thereby thereby having a healing effect on them. Some form of that that fits us and fits our situation in time and space. And so we each have a, a special function, even though it's just some version of the same function everybody else has. And, and that's what we're meant to discover and ultimately move into. And I think as we grow into it, it becomes what we do with our lives. Um, and again, I'm struck by, I, I mean, as you well know, I mean, so many people in NDEs are told, They've got a mission. They've got a purpose here. Very often they aren't told what it is and they end up spending years wondering. Um, But often, so often, they're told they have one and that's why they have to go back. And the prospects for the planet, at least as far as human life is concerned, are not looking particularly good these days. What with extinctions, pollution, you know, what we're doing to the climate and to the oceans is there a duty, a responsibility toward the physical world that's uh, taught through the course? Well, I think that, I mean, the course is primarily focused on interpersonal human relationships, mm-hmm. but it does um, have a number of references to what it calls all living things, and there are the occasional references to animals and plants. And from the course's standpoint, uh, we are each a son of God and a part of the sonship. And it believes that there are parts of the sonship in animals, in plants. It, at one point, it talks about each grain of sand holding part of the sonship. It talks about wind and waves as if they were living things. Um, and so if we have a responsibility to those parts of the sonship in human bodies, then why wouldn't we have a responsibility towards the parts of the sonship that are embedded in all kinds of things? In this world. Yes. Something just occurred to me that I wanted to cover in uh, when we were talking about forgiveness. One of the strange aspects of a person having an NDE is that they often come back to a situation that they cannot tolerate any longer or or in which they cannot long, cannot be tolerated. There, mm-hmm. We see an uh, increased number of divorces and and uh, people walk away from their jobs to to do something else and and uh, people don't want to talk to them. I mean, they, they're estranged from their friends sometimes. Sure. And uh, a lot of this, I mean, because the end ear has been the one who's been enlightened, uh, perhaps a course in forgiveness would be an extremely valuable thing for an end ear to um, participate in. Perhaps so, yeah. I mean, I do know 
those stories, and I, I know indie ears <clears throat> who've been through that. And it's it's understandable because people, you know, they've had an experience of a frame of reference that is so profoundly different than the kind of the, you know, the collective cult that we're all living here in here on Earth. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that forgiveness would be needed. Uh, on the other hand, forgiveness is just it's needed here, whatever your Earth life is. I mean, life on Earth is is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um and, and while you bring that up, I should say that I do know, um, I know of one NDEer who was told in his experience to seek out A Course in Miracles. He saw it written across the sky in gold during his huh. experience. And I know other NDEers who have become course students just because they, they, you know, opened the book and felt at home. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we all are given, the path that we're meant to have and, you know, it's, it's different ones for different ones of us. But I do find that uh, a lot of people who've had NDEs gravitate towards the course just because there is such an, a, an amazing crossover there. Mm. Uh, I wonder if that was Jesus' pride, uh, pride of authorship that wrote the name across the sky in gold. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It is interesting that there's such a Jesus focus in, in at least many NDEs. Uh, you, you do wonder, you know, if that is the real guy. And yes. I, I'm very sympathetic with that. I mean, it took me a long time to decide that, yeah, I think this is the real guy who wrote A Course in Miracles. But, I mean, even Christians, I would think, would be open to that because they think he's still around. Right. And he can still talk to us. So why oh, wouldn't yes. he show up in NDEs and why wouldn't he dictate a lengthy book to us? I mean, if, if he's still active, you'd think he'd want to help. Well, he appears in many NDE uh, near death experiences. I mean, yeah. so many times uh, there was a woman at my hospital who uh, drove into a tree and was dying in her car and suddenly her body was you know, her body's in the car, but she's standing outside. She'd mm. never been a Christian or had anything to do with Jesus. And she said, I turned around and Jesus was standing there and she knew immediately that it was Jesus. And he told mm. her that, you know, she had to go back into her body and there were miracles involved in her healing, but I won't mm. go through all that story. But, but in any event, um, yes, I think people from other religions, you know, we always want to be fair and say, well, you know, if you're, if you're a Hindu, you'll see Ganesh or whatever God, you know, you're used to praying to. But Jesus does seem to appear in, in stories from other religious, uh, uh, traditions and even from, um, uh, atheists and agnostics, yeah. you know, yeah. have, have visions of Jesus sometimes during these events. So it, yes, there seems to be some universal and uh, Christians certainly don't, don't own Jesus. They, yeah, uh, they uh, they would like to think so, especially the more fundamental. But Jesus is a universal power, and uh, I think so too. I think so too. One of my favorite um, Jesus NDEs was from a British woman, and she has you know she gets on the other side, and there's Jesus, and she says, like, what are you doing here? She says, but I'm not one of yours, and he says, but I'm one of yours. Uh it's like I'm part of your so your circle of friends, you know, and it's such a beautiful way I think to show up. It, he's not 
on the on the throne, he's like, yeah, I'm one of yours. Wow. Well, that's a that's a a neat place to end our conversation. Robert, tell um, the folks again how they can uh, find your website and uh, more information on the course. Yes, our website is circleofa.org, short for circleofatonement.org. And uh, you can learn there about A Course in Miracles. Uh, we have published a new edition of the course called the Complete and Annotated Edition. It's based on Helen Shuckman's original handwritten notes. Uh, that's available on our website as well as on Amazon.com. Uh, and there's just a wealth of, of articles and various offerings on the website. So if you're interested, yeah, please check it out. Terrific. Thank you, Robert. This has been terrific. And if any of you out there would like to listen to the show again, and I would encourage you to do so, or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. For information on IANS, check out their website at iands.org. And join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.